Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fish, Crabs, and Other Wet Things, a podcast where people ask me you know, ask me questions about queen biology, and I ramble about it for probably 20 minutes. Today's topic is sea stars. Here, I am Big Blue, and my guests are Ritu and Terrence. Hello. Introduce, you, Hello. introduce yourselves, you two. Okay, so let's dive in, shall we? Yep. Into the deep blue sea. Yep. So, Ribu, would you like to ask the first question? All right, so why are these guys called sea stars? Is there any fancy name or official name for them? Well, the fancy name is echinoderm, as they're in that family, along with sea urchins and sea cucumbers. They're called sea stars because, well, oftentimes stars in old times were described as five with five points. And most sea stars that people you usually see have five arms or legs. Hence, sea stars. So, are sea stars, sea urchins, and sea cucumbers the same thing, or are sea stars often called the other two things? No, for sea stars, sea cucumbers, and sea urchins are all different, but they're all echinoderms. Ah. They're all creatures with radial symmetry. However, they do share certain anatomical features, such as tube feet. So what defines echinoderms and what defines sea stars as separate from the other two? Well, an echinoderm is a creature with radial symmetry and a very simplistic body plan. For example, a sea urchin is basically a tube. Its body is a tube that can essentially filter food filter food through one end and out the other. While sea urchins also have radio symmetry, but are oftentimes spherical or even ornately shaped and often have a mouth at the bottom of the body, which they use to scrape at rocks. And what separates sea stars? Well, they have radio symmetry, but oftentimes they have rays, essentially their arms that are not more for moving and manipulating objects, hence their separation from the other two. Do all sea stars have five legs? No. In fact, five is the minimum. Most of them can have only four, so that's rare. I believe the highest amount of arms is a hundred on the sunflower sea star. Oh, you said before that sea stars is have have symmetry in symmetry, but isn't five doesn't really look something like you have in symmetry? Well, radio symmetry just means like all their different sides are the same shape. I see. Yeah, so like their bodies are made up of single arms. Like a central disc with with rays sticking out of the sides, 
each of those rays is similar, is identical. Hence, their description as radially symmetry, radially mm. symmetrical. Whereas humans are bilaterally symmetrical. Mm. So that is a difference. Yes. Let's continue. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, what do sea stars eat and how do they eat? Sea stars eat a variety of different things, though many of them are predators. Oftentimes, they will eat other creatures and even other echinoderms. For example, some sea stars eat sea anemones, while one, the crown of thorns sea star, will bleach coral by pretty much evicting its stomach out of its mouth and then using that to bleach the coral with its stomach acid. Wait, how, how much, much coral can that sea star bleach? Up enough. Enough that it becomes a large problem as, well... An overabundance of crown of thorns sea stars can kill a reef. Wow. Yeah. When they eject their stomach to bleach the coral, is it like um, wrapping around it or going through it or? It's resting on it like it's a net almost. Mm. Yeah, it's so like. It's not exactly, it can't sting because, once again, like, it's a stomach. It's not exactly a sharp object. But it's like a net. Okay. Like what gladiators in an arena used to tangle up their opponents. They just sort of slowly throw their stomach onto something, wrap it up, and then digest it. Oh, almost like a a, a very slow Venus fly trap. Just wrap around it and then digest it. Yep. How about uh, what kind of creatures eat sea stars? Many things. For example, the Harley Quinn shrimp are known to flip sea stars over and then slowly eat them from the tip of their arms all the way to their central disc. To make sure that the sea stars stay as fresh as possible for as long as possible. However, the crown of thorns sea star is only eaten by one creature, the giant triton, which is a sea, which is a which is a nudibranch <laughs> that is actually immune to the toxin and the spikes that cover a crown of thorns sea star. Oh wow! Yeah. Hmm. What? What? Uh, what? Wait, Go on. Oh, all right. I was about to ask the next question. So, do people eat sea stars? Like, can we eat them? Well, yes, you can, but they aren't exactly that nutritious. Sea stars are very simple. They don't have a lot of muscle. In fact, much of their body is moved through water pressure. Water pressure. Yeah. Like, How does that work? Okay. So, essentially, sea stars move by their tube feet, which are like 
little pneumatic little hydraulic pumps. They essentially they use water pressure to move these limbs, to move their little tube feet, and the tube feet stick to something, usually by either just creating a sort of glue or just suctioning on, and then pull the sea star forward. And their muscles, if they even have muscles, are are also moved by water pressure. Since, well, water is already there in their environment, why not use that to help them move? So they're almost like the way an excavator moves. It has extra air in the pneumatic tubes or something, and that moves the arm in relation to the water. They're hydraulic, meaning they use water to move, or a fluid. Okay, what kind of fluid are they using? Just seawater? Yep. It's the most abundant liquid in their environment. How do they adjust the the pressure of the seawater? How the do arms? they adjust the pressure? Uh, adjust the, the pressure or the location relative to the seawater. Like, do they have a muscle or an organ or? They most likely just soak, take in water through their quote unquote mouth and then sort of direct it into a series of tubes throughout their body to allow them to store the seawater and then use it to move. Oh, so it's very simple. Very simple. Yes. Sea stars are very simple, anatomically speaking. That's pretty neat, though. It Imagine if, if we move by breathing in air <laughs> and directing into tubes. Move would be pretty simple. Sea stars are like their flappy arm sails, guys, except water. They're like wacky inflatable arm filling tube men. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next question. Right. Um, what is the most interesting sea stars you know about? Okay, there is one called Labidaster Annulatus. Which is a sea star with many, many, many arms. And I will present this on my sharing my screen. Behold, Labadaster and Yelatus. Oh, what is that brain thing? In the middle. That's its central disc. Those tentacles are so knobby. Well, yes. However, what's really terrifying is its pedicellarae. They got teeth? Well, all, all echinoderms have pedicellariae, but none are as terrifyingly jaw-shaped as those of Labidaster annulatus. Um, are those often, tentacles I, can move like octopus? Hmm? Can, can the, those tentacles move like octopus? Yes. Although it's very slow. 
skin octopi have muscles which allow for faster movement while sea stars only have only have hydraulics now the pedasariae of Labidaster annulatus often gives me the impression that once it grabs on you, it will not let go like murderous Velcro. Hmm. Hence why I call Labidaster annulatus angry Velcro. <laughs> because it just <laughs> sticks to things. It bites down. Oh, God. How big are they compared to humans? Fairly big. They're fairly large. If I fall asleep on a beach, can I wake up to find one of them crawling up on me? Right, sea stars? No, they can't really go on land. I mean, like, if the tide comes in, and then, you know. Uh, it would still take a while. All right, all right. Because sea stars can't really exist outside of water. Water provides their structure, their ability to move, and their ability to breathe. How long can they survive out of water? Not very long. Because they are more reliant on on surrounding water than fish are at times. Wow. Yeah. So like if I find one in a pool and I pick it out to look at it, it could die before I throw it back into the water. It could, yes. Since water provides most of its structure, do the whole hydraulic thing. Yeah, it won't survive very long. Uh, so, when did the first sea star evolve? A very long time ago. An ocean far, far away. They evolved back in the Ordovician era around 450 million years ago. And that's Wait. the reason of their fossil record, since these stars have a habit of dissolving after death because they're mostly water. Wait, they, they dissolve? Yeah. Like, just... Uh, decompose, or do you mean they disappear so fast as described as dissolving? They have no solid structures in their body. And no muscles, so. And no muscles, yeah. No bones either, so they dissolve quickly into just, well, little giblets <laughs> that are spread oh. around the sea. Sea are nuggets. Sea star nuggets. <laughs> you just bite into one and it just squishes. It's ninety percent water. <laughs> yeah, it's hy- it's hydrating, but at what cost? <laughs> I'm hydrated, but at what cost? <laughs> Are those little a uh, parrot? Uh, Pedicellari. Are those actually hard or in many structures? creatures? Yeah, in many echinoderms, no, they're actually quite soft. 
well, they are sort of soft, but oftentimes they are not as bone, they're not as solid or as sharp as those of Labidaster annulatus. Oftentimes, most echinoderms use them for defense or for help with eating, you know, catching small creatures out of the water and then bringing them to their mouth. That's at least with sea urchins and sea stars. However, Labidaster annulatuses are one of the few that are visibly teeth, have visibly look like teeth, like as if they have teeth. Mm. Which shows just how aggressive Labidaster annulatus is when it comes to eating. Hence the name Murderous Velcro. Uh, you see, you, we often hear about sea stars, and we also hear about starfish. Are they the same or not? Yep. So how, just wait, how did the different names happen? Yeah. Simply put, people did not know what to call them besides sea stars, so they decided to call them starfish at first. Since, after all, they live in the ocean, they breathe water, they must have been a fish, right? However, that is not the case. After Because after a while, people realize, oh, hey, these aren't fish in the slightest. So they decided to call them sea stars instead. So do sea stars lay eggs or how do they reproduce? That is a fascinating question. Sea stars often reproduce by splitting as they can simply shed an arm and as long as it has a piece of the central disc, the sea st- that limb can become an entirely new sea star. And that the original sea star can just grow back its leg. So when it splits like... Go on. I uh, know, I just would ask that. It can shed its arm on its own? Yep. However, oftentimes sea stars do do reproduce, reproduce with eggs, but it's called, via a process called broadcast spawning. Oh. I can visualize based on just a name, but can you describe it a little bit? It's essentially throwing the um, throwing the eggs and sperm out into the water and hoping they just bump into each other. So the ocean water is not only fish pee, but it's also sea star eggs and sperm. It is. It contains the sperm, the eggs and sperm of many creatures. So not only are you swimming in fish pee. You were also swimming in unmade babies. And babies to be. <laughs> that, that is so true. It is true. It's it so beautiful. However, oftentimes it is very rare that you'll actually swim into such a, into a large amount of sea star eggs and sperm or of any creature's eggs and sperm. So you're probably safe. Okay, two of them aren't going to find each other in the middle of my nose and start growing. Yep. (laughs) 
Um, is it's a group of sisters called Sea Constellation? Yes. Though oftentimes I've also heard them called a galaxy. Oh my god. Is that spelled with Galax XY or Galax SEA? <laughs> it's an AXY. Okay, phew. The scientists showed us mercy this time. Yes. <laughs> it's not like a group of snakes is called a. It's not like the name for a group of snakes, which is a fucking Roomba. R H U M B A, by the way. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. I guess I can stick with Constellation and Galaxy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> How a group of pandas is called an embarrassment. Oh. And judging how bad pandas are at being bears, yeah, it, it's an embarrassment. Unbearable. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think... Let's get back on topic, shall we? Yeah. How hard is it to keep them as pets? You, will, you would need to supply them with live prey. And mind you, this live prey would need to be really slow. However, you could also supply them with meat, like cut meat, but it wouldn't just, it couldn't be beef or chicken, since, well, beef and chicken does not occur naturally in the ocean. So it would probably need to be fish. Hmm. Ah, uncooked fish. Do, do they need a lot of space? Depends on the species. Some do not. Some need enough space that you could easily take up a bed. That's <laughs> the Labidaster annulatus. Oh, no. Which is from a- the Antarctic. And as everyone knows, the Antarctic is the place where giant fucking things are. Dear God. Yeah. And another thing about the diet of sea stars, they're also like scavengers. They oftentimes mm. act as recyclers for the dead. To essentially put that stuff back into the environment. Hmm. If I have a mixed aquarium with like sea stars, some fish, and some other stuff, should I be worried about the sea star eating some of the other creatures? No, because oftentimes fish are fish are high enough to swim away from these sea stars. Okay. So, however. There is a species of sea star that can actually capture and eat fish. Hold on. Stegnaster inflatus. Oh my, what a name. Yeah. So if it can go in the water, what does it eat? <laughs> well, it- let me share my screen. 
This is Stegnaster Inflatus. Looks like it's doing a push-up. It kind of is. And what Stegnaster Inflatus will do is it will get up on its what essentially are its tippy toes and lift its arm, lift its those we- that webbing between its arms. So that way it can lure fish to go underneath it, where it will then shut those little flat openings and then eat the fish. Oh my god. I think I've seen a Doctor Who episode like this. Yeah. Except it's a circus tent. And it- <laughs> Actually, a circus tent would not be a bad analogy for this starfish. Oh my god. <laughs> Stagnaster Inflatus, a.k.a. the Ambush Sea Star, a.k.a. the Murderous Tent. Interesting. Wow. Right, so there are so many, you know, sea stars in movies, right? So, what is your favorite depiction of sea stars in a movie? My favorite representation of sea stars in a movie? Uh-huh. Hmm. Probably Starro from uh, in the Justice League universe. Since Starro is a giant, intelligent alien starfish. Who, mind you, he can't do anything on his own. Because, once again, he is a starfish. So instead, he sticks little versions of himself onto other, onto other creatures. And uses those to do his bidding. <laughs> That is pretty creative. Yes. Right. Um, sea stars are really cool. I think the most interesting thing uh, I learned this time would be uh, about how they had the hydraulic tubes and they rely on water so much. Mm-hmm. How about you, Riff? What do you think was a most well, interesting thing. This is the first time that I know that this a group of sea stars is called sea constellation or galaxy. That is interesting. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing. No problem. Do you want to uh, talk about or give a hint about what next time might be about? Next episode has things that are long and live in tubes. Ooh. You love them, you hate them, they live in tubes, live in tubes, and your nightmares. Polychaete worms. Poly- what? Polychaete. Oh, wow. Yep. I, I, I want to find out more. I want to know why they live in my nightmares. Or do I? Well, gather your questions and I will surely tell you about those next time. Will do. Yep. Well, this has been Big Blue. 
on fish, crabs, and other wet things. Signing out.